Joff and Josie, I think for me on a really personal level, I, I look at both of their work and I've, I carry both of their work around with me a lot. Um, I've come to their work at different stages in my life, but I carry it around with me as devices that help, to help me figure out what it means to be a person in the world um, a lot of the time. Oh, that's not way too gushy. Is that really gushy? <laughs> oh, I'm getting red. Um, and so we started this conversation on an email about doing a night. Um, and we started talking about the themes of Grayson's work, and we started talking about masculinity a bit. And I think tonight we will start there, but that's also definitely not what this is entirely about. I think it's meant to be far broader um, and have a lot more space to roam, I think. Joff is going to start. So we're, doing, we're going to break it into three chapters. Joff is up first, chapter one, where we're going to talk about um, some of the men that occur in his books, as well as um, some of the space in his books, especially trading estates. So we'll call it men and trading estates. Um, chapter two, Josie, men and the internet. <laughs> and then chapter three, we're calling Picture Exchange, where we're going to show some pictures and chat about them. Um, and that's going to be broader than men. Um, there's quite a lot of dogs in there as well. Um, and, computers. and computers. Dogs, men, and computers. The triangle. The big three. <laughs> all, the big, all the big issues tackled. Um, so without further ado, uh, please welcome up here uh, Geoff Winterhart. Thank you. this round everywhere I go with me. <laughs> Just in case anyone nicks my chair, man. Near the water. Hi, everyone. Wow, jeez. It's like everyone I know and everyone I don't know as well. All combined. Oh, jeez, terrifying. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, they uh, said to talk about my book for a bit, so if that's okay. This is my book. It's slightly stretched. This is a special deluxe limited edition. Tiny bit taller than normal. The guy on the right will be pleased it's a tiny bit taller because likes to be taller. Uh, ben, where is the remote controller? So I can click right here. I'm going to enjoy this. High tech. Thank you, man. And uh, so this is my book. It's called Driving Short Distances. And uh, it features this guy on the left here. He's called Sam. He's a younger chap, about 27, 28. And then this guy, Keith, of indeterminate age, but he's probably in his 60s. And uh, this is their legs. So you can see their legs. And uh, this is them in their natural context of comic strip boxes, panels, frames, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Simon Morton is here. He knows what they're called because he's a comics expert. So uh, and this is, I, I, I started thinking of this character, Keith, that I've just showed you um, in about 1996. And he was based initially on someone who taught me to drive. And uh, he ended up being much different to this guy who taught me to drive. But he did have the same, he had this uh, shirt with epaulets and like a tie. He always wore that. I even saw him like on Sunday, you know, mowing his lawn. He's wearing the epaulets and the shirt. So, uh, so uh, and also, I, uh, a major. I'm going to talk about some of the inspirations for this uh, person I made up. Is that, is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. It's good to check with people, you know. If they say no, I'll be like, Josie, share, share with us, share with the group. Okay, so uh, I, I got really, I really like watching old films from the 1950s and 60s of uh, often like featuring character actors, you know, not movie stars, but character actors, the kind of, you know, slightly coiled, small-looking, aggressive-looking dudes. I hate, people like that in real life terrify me, but when then, you know, like, in the, with several decades distance in black and white, I really enjoy watching them. And uh, this, these kinds of people here, so we've got, like, uh, Eddie Albert and Lee J. Cobb from 12 Angry Men, That's Ernest Borgnine, younger viewers might remember Airwolf from the 80s, although not young anymore. Uh, 
that's Eddie Albert there. Uh, just, but just these kind of guys who are like, you know, seem quick to temper. I, I don't know. Some, I, I was, <laughs> anyway, these guys. And then uh, also another inspiration was like a lot of country and western singers. You can see a certain kind of, certain kind of maybe a facial trend. Is that, is that like a modern word, facial trend? Is that like Instagram? Instagram Parsons. Okay. Uh, this is, this is a, sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is a, a country and western singer who I listened to a lot when I was making this book. And he's called Tom T. Hall. He was really inspirational for the character of Keith. Because I like the way he looked, like he could be kind of kind, and also he could easily be mean. You know, it could go either way. He kind of looks avuncular. Does that mean uncle-like, avuncular? Is there like a word meaning aunt-like? No. Ah. Okay. So he's quite avuncular. Or sinister. And then, so this is, this is like when I was trying to get Keith right. I was just drawing a lot of practice drawings of... Uh, of what he might look like. So it's just, it's like auditioning someone, you know, you just kind of draw them over and over and over again. And sometimes you get a good one and you think like, oh, it could look like that. I'll make his, you know, top lip shorter. It gets very boring and technical, but, you know, it's like a weird, uh, and this is, and I was trying to draw the young character as well. So I had, to, you know, I was, I was thinking, what could he look like? And then, and he was looking a bit non-distinct here and I, I didn't know what kind of clothes to give him because I didn't want to make him look like, sometimes there's like a young person in, um, films or books or whatever and it's like they give them like a you know like a Nirvana t-shirt to show that they're a young person and I didn't want to have any sort of like teenage signifiers or young person signifiers so but I did find this picture of Jerry Ramone so I thought oh he could just have those really like tight jeans so I drew that's what that's what they ended up looking like and uh, oh another influence was I, I got really into these dog annuals and I suddenly the kind of men they had in these dog annuals like you know like I love that like, winning winning's good uh, it was a very specific type of, uh, and I noticed that a lot of kind of very, very butch, quite alpha men often have like a very sort of, um, you know, like they have a very so sort of soppy dog or like, a, you know, like dog which you wouldn't, and it doesn't seem initially ultra masculine. It's quite often quite small and cuddly. So, and I also got really into the names of pedigree, pedigree dogs. Like you've got, so you can see Ringland, <laughs> Ringland Disco Dancer Shamal, of course, uh, Ringland's Denmore Chasing Rainbows. I love this guy here, miss you already and not want to gossip. <laughs> he just looks so, he looks, you know, he just looks full of joy. Uh, look at that, look at that cushion. Uh, so, um, so uh, that kind of ended up being in my book. So I gave Keith a, a King Charles Spaniel, which is called uh, uh, Apex, uh, Apex Powder Blue Twice Shy the Third. <laughs> but it's actually, he just calls it Cleo. And, uh, oh, these are some legs. This is an early drawing I did. And I suddenly, I, from this drawing, I thought, like, oh, it could not be just Keith, just this one man. It could be, he could have been, like, and I thought about the society that might s surround him, you know, like the world of men. Uh, and so I, I, hang, I went to a lot of uh, trading estates, more on that later, because Ben signposted at trading estates. It's exciting. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Je suis désolé. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So these guys, I've, I talked to these guys. They were fun, actually. This, this man, they were really nice. They were, they, they were friendly towards me. And I like, I, what's good about this? It's like in the background, that guy from the previous picture is doing a cameo. See that? It's like, where's Wally? It's cool. But uh, so this guy, it looks like he's like, he looks like he's being papped. I quite liked it. But he was, he was you know, very cooperative and very, they, were, they answered my questions. I asked him about trading estates. I said, so like, what kind of interesting stuff happens on a trading estate? Not much, really. They, they said not much happens. So, uh, 
But, uh, so, and then I went, to a lot of, so I went to some steam rallies and I, drew, uh, I, I, I started looking at the way that men stood and it really began to fascinate me. These men were very nice to me and they let me take a picture. I promise I wasn't like, what's the word? What's it, what do you call it when you're... Uh, Hey, creepy? <laughs> they didn't think I was creepy. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, they, they were nice. So this is a steam rally, and uh, I just really got into the way the men talk. I, I noticed that they, I listened into what they were saying, and there was a lot of technical information being exchanged. It wasn't... It, I just, I got really into it. And uh, uh, this, I like this guy. I, I had a whole subplot in my book about the belt attachments. And like... <laughs> The young character wanted to know what was in the older man's belt attachment, and it turned out it was a biro. <laughs> but you know, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, it's so narratively packed my book that I didn't have room for this. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, this is a complete off-topic, but at the same, at one of these steam rallies I went to, this guy had this collection of traps. It's like antique traps. I don't know what animals. I don't know animal traps. Human traps? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, trespassers? But would you like to know, would you like to see the necklace of the man who had this, uh, this trap? Are you ready? Brace yourself. <laughs> he was a good guy. Um, so yeah, here's more men standing. Same. Back, back to the program. Okay. Here we go. These guys. Uh, I really love the way that hands uh, rest go on, the, on the, some of these gentlemen in question. And that was a big influence for my, uh, for my story. Uh, this guy's cool. Uh, so, so I think it's a lathe. Uh, so this is kind of how it ended up being in my book. Now these dudes here uh, are much more in my mind. And they weren't like, I didn't base them on the people I saw. I just had this ideal in my mind of what, not ideal, probably the opposite of an ideal, like a, I don't know, dystopian ideal, I don't know. No, I had this uh, picture of what the men in my book in this town in my head uh, were like and so I, I drew them here I can, you can see them drawing them now um, uh, uh, generally unlike um, Josie and uh, Grayson Perry you know I'm I, I, I have to admit to being like really uh, quite uh, politically naive you know I, I'm, I'm interested in it but I you know sometimes if I get the paper I just read the bit about music and films <laughs> I don't read the other bit sometimes I forget to and you know so I'm not that well informed and I always feel ashamed of my uh, the things I've made are very apolitical or you know they're just sort of that bit's a bit left out and I feel you know like I sh probably should address that in the future or whatever. But when I was making this book, when I was actually drawing these pages, it was right when Brexit was happening, and I sort of did re I did look at these guys and sort of think probably these are all people who wanted to leave possibly. You know I just ha imagine that they were they were into uh, into leaving. Generally, but uh, <laughs> but they weren't into leaving the town they're in, but they're into maybe uh, leaving uh, European Union, and um, I. Uh, but initially, and initially, the the idea I had was that I was thinking about like war starting, and I was just imagining like men's room rooms of men making wars. <laughs> I sound like I sound like Peter Moore, Peter Paul and Mary, but um, uh. But like, kind of like what you imagine in Doctor Strangelove, but then it became much more uh, acute and uh, localized than these sort of general thoughts of like um, uh, men in rooms, and it became much more uh, active. And I thought, well, that was interesting. Wow, maybe maybe I've got some political content in one of my books. Hurrah! Uh, and I felt, you know, 
A bit like this. So here's some men. You can see more standing. So it's kind of repetitive. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a, 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 a lorry that me and my dad parked behind in a traffic jam, and I took this picture of it on um, a digital camera. And this, this is sort of what gave me the idea to, to make the world uh, a trading estate. Oh, some gravel. Uh, so I got really into buildings like this. So I, you can see I started drawing, drawing uh, kind of trading estate buildings, and I'd go to these places, and I'd... I'd wait outside in my car and I'd just like paint them. And sometimes pe the people in the reception would come out and say, what are you doing? And I'd say, oh, I'm just painting your, your building. You know, I'm, I'm doing this. And they'd say, oh. <laughs> but the more, I, the more I went to visit these places, like Foundrax, I mean, that's just so full of mystery for me. And these places suddenly started to become like, and what does that do? You know, it's like, it was intriguing, you know, the mystery. Was, it, and, it, and these things started to become... You know, port cameras on top of each other. That's crazy. And like, something like that, you know, I thought, wow. You know, it started, it started to look, you know, it almost like the more plain and the more barren, the more beautiful it became. And like that, I mean, that is full of, full of mystery. I'm so sorry. I have done a talk about this book before, and I'm sorry if you've seen these pictures before, but I've got a surprise for later, so don't worry. Okay. Look at that. It's like a rugby team or something. Or like a police lineup. But, um, but then occasionally, occasionally, there would be something intriguing. Like, I think this used to say White House, and now it just says Hi-Ho, you know. <laughs> so sometimes there would be a point of real, you know, curiosity or beauty. Like, wow. <laughs> Is that a gift? I don't know. And then look, look at that beautiful lathe control. It had some color. It's some, you know, that was in intriguing. Oh, dreamy. <laughs> so then, uh, that, and this, oh, that is now, oh, sorry. Is this, is this terribly loud? Is this quiet? Is this better? This is, I'm sorry, sorry. Sorry. Okay. So then that kind of ended up being in the book too, a bit like the, when I was looking, researching the dogs, thinking, I'll give them a dog. It's like, I'll put a sign in it, which is, you know, old, and then gets replaced. And this in the book, this is a spoiler. In the book, this, this uh, gets replaced. And in real life, that has been replaced. Like, I, art imitating life, imitating art. But it's not really art. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, you might notice this, this painting here is in blue with a, some tiny bit of brown on it. M mainly, this, I painted it in a blue paint and I started using these child's paints like this. So um, uh, I, start, I was like, oh yeah, I like using these child's paints. It's a nice color blue. It's a nice specific color blue. Of course, by the end of the book, I, I really you know, used all these. So. Uh, oh, reception. So not only did I look outside, I also went within. Within. <laughs> with, I went to a lot of, because uh, I thought, oh yeah, they've all got, they all have, all these trading estate units have uh, reception areas. So I, w I did a research project called Going to Reception Areas. And I found some exciting, so they often had these similar, these are, the, these are the similar shared, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, 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 spider plants. On the floor though, I mean, that's like, you know, give it room to breathe, man. Uh, I like the pink high-vis. So that ended up being here. Like, here's my compendium. It looks like an inventory page, uh, as you can see. Um, and, oh, so, uh, so, all, so far I've talked quite a lot about the, the men, men uh, who are featured in this book. And it's true, like, the majority of the people in, the, in my book are men. It's like a world of men. But, so there's a couple of uh, female characters. So when it came time to draw those or, or, or write 
the stuff for, um, for the female characters, I'd be like, oh, goodness me, I'm so glad. I was just so tired of drawing stodgy middle-aged men <laughs> standing around. So, I, I, so this is a woman who's in... Oh, dear. This is a woman who features in my book. She's called Val. I really, like... Uh, and I, I, maybe because the men were so stolid and sort of, you know, uh, taciturn, I really enjoyed coming up with uh, 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 Val because Val is like I, the idea is was to make her the most the the, the nicest woman in the world, in the, definitely the world of the book or whatever. So this woman is called Val. She works in reception, aforementioned reception areas, and um, I really liked thinking of uh, Val. And um, I would like to make another story about Val, maybe like a breakaway. So there's some inspirations for Val. I'm kind of I'm tired of men now. Okay. So, we, so it's, uh, here's Patricia Neal and Margaret Drabble, the author and uh, missing of a, a, Aviatrix, Amelia Earhart. These are some inspirations for Val. And also this, this girl here in this photo, I love this, with the, the very square looking everyone else and then she's just like having a really good time. <laughs> you know, that was a, also she has a high cheekbones and then like a receding uh, uh, jawline. So that all these people share this, this face shape that Val always has. But here's my main inspiration for Val was this uh, woman here, cousin Emmy. So uh, basically, basically, I'm just talking about Val so much so I can have an excuse to show you uh, some footage of uh, someone playing a rubber glove. Uh, how do I press play on this thing? Do you think? How do I do this? Hang on, let's see. Okay, look, this we go. Okay, high tech. Okay, you ready, guys? I love this woman. Bicycle valve. Oh, I'm telling you. After you hit that 64 mark, why, well, it's pretty hard to make it, fellas. Hand me the key of G. Friends, you've all been wonderful to me, bless your hearts. And I love you so much. You all are my sunshine. Every one of you out there in the TV land, bless you. Hit that key of G, fellas. Got time for Thank one more. Come out of the cow go dry. Yes, sir. Come Sing out of the milk. How am I doing in you there? Meow. Scat donkey to put your tails in the gravy. Oh. There you go. I, I really love Cousin Emmy. She's. Dreamy. Uh, I don't know how to get to the next slide. Okay, try. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. So, whoa. Uh, so, um, oh, when I had that picture of, um, of of Keith and his dog earlier, that's like um, that's about the closest it comes to a spoiler. You know, like I don't really have any 
spoilers. I mean, this is this is like uh, it's kind of like a spoiler. It's in the inside of a pasty. That's the closest. Like, I don't have any like proper plot points. Or maybe like this picture of Keith in a fleece with. That's like that, is, that. It really is a spoiler. So, so I was thinking like, oh, some people might not have read this book, and then. I've, I've actually done a talk about this book before like anyone had read it so I thought like oh I should make some spoilers so I've, I have made some spoilers that some people might have seen this doesn't actually happen in the book at all it's like a deleted scene but some people have seen this by now so here's another spoiler it's like you know put some like sex and violence in it here's some sex that kind of does happen in a weird sort of subliminal way uh, so, but the, for, so I made some more spoilers from people who have seen this I'd spoiled the spoilers so I've made some more because I because I made some more spoilers because, um, you know, people like Marvel Comics, so I did this one with superpowers. It's like Keith's third eye opening up. And then I, people like Game of Thrones, I did this like Game of Thrones one here, <laughs> riding the dog. I might make a book where all this stuff happens. Maybe not. I don't think I will. Uh, so, uh, so but thank you ever so much for coming to this thing tonight, and to, thank you for, to Josie and everything. Uh, so uh, tonight, oh no, Tuesday is Debbie. <laughs> tonight, Brad, but that's not. Right. <laughs> I such a great backdrop. Um, I've got a roving mic. I'm not frightened. Um, it's nice to be here. I, one of the reasons that I really love um, Joff's work is because the characters that he draws are so tender and nuanced and uh, real and beautiful. And I thought that it was a really interesting thing if we were talking a bit about masculinity to have him talking tenderly about all these different types of men. And then I thought I could be a counterpoint and talk about my horrific experiences with men online. <laughs> um, but I sort of want to say it with a caveat before I do it that like like I know that it's not all men it's just white men it's that's <laughs> the, it's not all men. um but also that um, I thought I should introduce myself to you guys as well because like I, I I've been trying to get my head around uh something that happened to me this summer which I'll talk about in a little bit because <clears throat> uh when it comes to abuse online it, oh, thank you. <laughs> when it comes to abuse online, it's always men. I can count the number of women that have abused me online on one sad hand. <laughs> and I, that does confuse me because um, in the rest of my life, men don't ever abuse... Like, I've got loads of male friends, and they never all gang up and tell me at the same time I should be murdered. And so it doesn't make sense that they do it online. <laughs> but also I worry as well that what I'm talking about is a bit of a Debbie Downer and even saying things like that I joke about it because I experience it but I feel that it's heavy um, so I ought to introduce myself to you guys first like so hello uh, my name is Josie Long um, if you don't know me I am a stand-up comedian by day uh, which is the wrong time <laughs> um, all the gigs are at night but at night I'm a window cleaner and I won't give that up. <laughs> Again, completely inappropriate. Nobody wants it. They're like, get out, we're sleeping. I'm not, I'm not finished, get out, I'm not getting out. Simply can't tell you how proud I am of myself for writing a proper opening gag. <laughs> I'm so proud, thank you. 
so proud. I, um, I, it means that I can finally get rid of my old opener, which was, what up, cunts? I like to party, fuck, and fight. <laughs> Never used to work. People don't like you bringing up the C-bomb straight away. And, you know, then it didn't work with my material, because I'd be like, I like to party, fuck, and fight. Now, who wants to talk about 19th century nature poetry? You know. <laughs> alienated everyone which is the opposite of my vibe dream um, also I have bad posture and I know I have bad posture like you're looking at me I have bad posture but a good heart <laughs> what is more important it's the Everyone else says, oh, you need to sort your posture out before it's too late. You better sort your posture out before it's too late. I'm 35. It's too late. It's over. <laughs> this is it. What is wrong with it? This is fine. This is good. This becomes this. I like that. <laughs> I trust that. This becomes this. That's nice. <laughs> I trust this guy. This guy's like, do you know what? There are a lot of difficult things in this life, but we'll get through them if we help each other. <laughs> trust, that, trust this guy. Who's this guy? <laughs> Who's this guy? This guy likes the shard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great piece of architecture, actually. <laughs> no, actually, really, I went for a New Year's Eve party there. Bit of a twist. It was themed around the film Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> like that guy, I like this guy. Never missed a £20 note off the floor. Not once in his life. He's made 40 quid in 70 years. Um, so that's a, oh, also, I am uh, a 35-year-old woman. Not even a man. I'm not qualified to talk about masculinity. I'm a woman. Uh, if you'd like to know what being a 35-year-old woman is like, I, um, I can tell you through the medium of the adverts given to me on my Instagram feed. <laughs> because the three weeks after I turned 35, the adverts on my Instagram feed went from, in the first week, it was ovulation testing kits. In the second week, it was a sperm bank that they said had secret celebrity sperm donors. <laughs> But then I thought about that for two minutes and I was like, what celebrities need that? Like, no celebrities need that revenue stream. The only one is Charlie Sheen. <laughs> and the third week, it was just a hoodie that you can put a cat in. <laughs> it's three weeks. I've not even ovulated in that time. Like, give up! <laughs> Buy yourself the jumper, put a cat in it, wander around like a lonely kangaroo. Oh God, this is my baby. Like, no! I'm a grown woman in my own right, how dare you patronise me? Also, I can't have pets due to the terms of my tenancy agreement. So I just buy the jumper and wander about, flapping around. Wait till I get outside, get a squirrel inside it. I'm not going to do that. I have my dignity. I'm 35 years old. And I, I do also like, feel like 
As a woman, I want to grow and develop in confidence and I worry about society perceiving me as less capable the more wise that I get and as less worthy the kind of more I feel more worthy and that worries me. Like, but as, as, and I also like, there's an opinion that I think is a real dog shit opinion and I want to counteract that as well. This is the dog shit opinion that I believe is dog shit. <clears throat> thing is, <laughs> when you get to my age, what you realise is, nobody has a clue what they're doing. <laughs> no one has a bloody clue what they're doing. Everyone's just making it up as they go along. No one has a clue what they're doing. When you get to my age, what you realise is, people look like grown-ups. No such thing as a grown-up. Everyone's just a teenager in disguise, wearing their suits and ties. No one has a clue what they're doing. Fuck you. Surgeons know what they're doing. <laughs> no surgeons are showing up like, eh, I guess, is that? <laughs> Serena Williams knows what she is doing. I think she's showing up like, I'm number one at tennis again somehow. No! She knows what she's doing. Do not disrespect her. She won that thing when she was pregnant. Um, my new hobby is aggressively and preemptively defending the reputation of Serena Williams. <laughs> it's my 100% new hobby. I love it so much. And you're probably thinking, why do you need to do that? She's the best female tennis player. She's the best tennis player! <laughs> Just ready. I'm poised. How dare you! My dream would be that like the strictures of stand-up comedy that I worked by were released and, and what I could do instead was a full 20-minute set that was just coming on, already pissed off, aggressively and preemptively defending the reputation of Serena Williams for 20 minutes and then I'd introduce another act who would do the same thing but maybe like through songs and then there'd be like sketches about it, then there'd be a break and then in the second half, it would just be a montage of very beautiful pictures of the young Keanu Reeves. Thank you. That's, that's the kind of night I would like. But nobody caters to me. And also, I want you to trust me when I talk about big things like, I feel like I have accrued some wisdom. Like, for example, I don't keep tomatoes in the fridge. Yeah. This is you guys. Oh, see? This is my impression of you, all you guys. What? This is my impression of you guys. Look. Oh, I'm just going to eat the cold ghost of a tomato. You don't need to keep them in the fridge. Oh, you can if you want the tomatoes to lose their structural integrity. I don't keep tomatoes in the fridge. I keep them out of the fridge in a cardboard container with my eggs. Not literally my eggs, the eggs. The eggs. I need to keep eggs in the fridge. I don't keep eggs in the fridge. I don't keep milk in the fridge. Of course I keep milk in the fridge. Why would you not laugh at that? Like, obviously, that is not... I like how you're Welsh, you lead an alternative lifestyle. Who are we? To no, of course I keep milk in the fridge. That's what the fridge is for. Like, what would I be doing with the milk? Like, it's so weird. It only lasts 25 minutes. And then, no. I'm a grown-up, I'm wise, I keep milk in the fridge, I keep eggs out of the fridge, and I refuse to hear anything else said about Serena Williams! 
And I know one piece of wisdom that I'll tell you, right, that I truly believe. And when I found it out, I felt genuinely, not as if I had found something out, as if the heavens had opened and the gods had given it to me. And I'm going to tell you guys it, and you're going to feel the same, similar kind of way. You're not going to think, oh, that comedian told me something. You're going to think, I have learned this from the divine, and I know it to be good. And some of you might be thinking that I'm overhyping this, but if anything, I'm deliberately playing it down. <laughs> That's what a big deal. Okay, this is the piece of fact that I learned and that I'll reveal to you guys. This is the truest thing that I know. There is simply no way that Ed Sheeran is good at sex. <laughs> Thank you. Think about it for 10 seconds. Think about it. Let yourself think about it. Think about it. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. He's been famous since he was really young, right? Who's ever given him constructive feedback? Not a soul. They're just thrilled to be in the same room as Ed Sheeran. It's like, whoa, did you have sex with Ed Sheeran? Sort of. <laughs> Don't mean to diss him, he seems like a nice guy, but there's no way. I was worried about that because I was genuinely a bit worried about how badly that went down. Which is also what people say to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> a lovely bit of blue there for the dads in the crowd. Um, it's harsh, like if there's like a whole section of the crowd that doesn't go for it, you think, oh shit, is Ed Sheeran in tonight? <laughs> Which is also what people say to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely bit of fun. Don't worry, I can keep going all night. Which is not what Ed Sheeran says. Um, no, I'm not even tired. Again, no. no the, now I'd like to talk to you about how frightened I am of the extreme far right and their behaviour online. I always think it's good to start with like, oh, but Ed Sheeran, I'm a clown. Because then, you know, because this can be a Debbie Downer and I don't want you guys to think that. I'm like, oh. So, um, basically, this is what happened to me. I had an experience... Um, uh, this summer that I'm still trying to like get my head around and I thought it was relevant to talk about because it's about masculinity and politics and things like that um, and what it, I mean, in the context of it um, so I have always received a lot of harassment online but never on the streets what am I doing wrong fellas <laughs> I love, no all harassment is bad um, <laughs> but <laughs> I've always received a lot of harassment online, um, and I think it's because I'm, I'm a woman and I say things. <laughs> but this summer I sort of had an epic experience of it, uh, where I was kind of carpet bombed by the extreme far right uh, and the right wing because of uh, something that happened. So this is what happened. Uh, I have some friends who run a little left-wing news site where they make little videos talking about news events and they get people to kind of interpret their take on things. And I made a video with, with them um, after uh, to respond to uh, an attack where some people had been attacked outside their mosque. And the reason that we made the video was quite often if there's an act done by uh, Islamists, uh, p people will like call upon all Muslims to defend themselves against it. And so, as almost like a tongue-in-cheek thing, I was going on as a white person to defend because the person who's attacked outside uh, the mosque uh, was a far-right white supremacist. 
But the main reason we made it was because the people who'd been attacked were being almost victim blamed for their experience. Like the press was reporting that that mosque had had links to things that it hadn't and was treating people without the kindness or respect that they might be where they in another event. And uh, the perpetrator was treated in a really different way because of the color of his skin and his particular motivation. And we wanted to make a video talking about that and talking a lot about how much I feel it's a consequence of the far right being given these mainstream and quite wide platforms and about how their opinions are being sort of leaked into the mainstream and how toxic that is and about how that's radicalising people. So it's a lovely bit of fun that everyone would enjoy. <laughs> and we made the video and on it I said a sentence which was... Uh, infuriating to the far right, um, which was kind of blown out of all proportion. And the sentence that I said was, I'm far more frightened of the extreme far right than I am of Islamic terrorism. Um, and the reason that I said that is because that is what I think and feel. <laughs> um, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's partly because Oh, I feel weird about people getting up because I'm like, are you a Nazi? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not for you. But um, no, no, of course it's the loo. But um, <laughs> I'm not really thinking that. But um, yeah, I, I said that sentence. I think it was clumsy what I said, but the point I was trying to make was what Islamic terrorists want from society is they want fear and hatred and division, and I refuse to give it to them. And I also refuse to buy into all the Islamophobic narratives that surround reactions to that. And also, I can't control it, you know? It's like the weather, it's not something I can control. But with the far right, what they want is to pretend that they're your best mate, and they want to pretend that they're patriots and that they're being good for people and they're positive, and I refuse to give them that because that's not what I feel about them. And on top of it, I feel like it's something that I need to speak out against because they've been given more platforms and more airtime, right? And so that's why I said it. But the, lots of people online thought that what I'd actually said was, I hate white people and I love Islamic terror, <laughs> which is also what I think and feel. <laughs> it's not, it's obviously not. Obviously it fucking isn't, right? Everybody fucking hates terrorist attacks. Obviously, right? But the thing is, if you make a video that is critical of the far right, I tell you who doesn't like it, the far right, they hate it. <laughs> oh, they hate it, they hate it so much. And what happened to me was, I finished my video, and I said to the guys who made it, I said, lads, I'm a woman giving some opinions about politics that are somewhat nuanced. What we need to do is get that shit online, where I'm sure there'll be no negative consequences for me. <laughs> I said, guys, it's 34 degree heat where we're filming, I'm a little bit overweight, and I'm not wearing any makeup, but I'm sure that won't affect the reception of the video. <laughs> Guys, this is a complicated issue and I'm trying to appeal to people's more humane, gentle side after something which is quite divisive. Let's get that online, whereas we all know the discourse is reasonable and balanced. <laughs> so, got my video online and what happened was it came to the attention of a far-right, alt-right, conspiracy theorist YouTuber who is also a vitamin salesman. <laughs> Who knew that was a combo? But that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. And he made an attack video about me, right? An attack video about me. And the attack video was called Dumbest Liberal Ever. 
which hurt me because I am not a liberal. Like, oh, yeah, I love Lloyd George. <laughs> I like to imagine he's referring to the Liberal Party of the 1920s and 30s. Right, yeah, stupid Lloyd George. She's a big Lloyd George fan. That's why she's gone out now. Well, you're an idiot. Every day, I think, let's just research some of the things that Lloyd George did so that I can say, oh, stupid corn laws. And every day my brain goes, tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> so we made this attack video, and I didn't watch it um, because I have got shit to do, and I am busy. And if I don't drink the milk really quickly, it just goes <laughs> straight off. I can't be fucking about like this. I didn't watch the video. But I made my own response video, which was called, Why Are You Insulting Serena Williams? <laughs> this is unacceptable. No, I didn't watch a video, because who would watch a video that's calling them a cunt by somebody who works for a Sandy Hook conspiracy theorist? It's not worth my time, right? So I ignored it. But then what happened was, I am not exaggerating, tens of thousands of his supporters contacted me to give me their feedback and I use feedback in a euphemistic term. I like, I, I know the first thing I want to say is, they weren't the target demographic for my video. Like, if there's any Nazis in, this isn't actually for you. Like, not everything is for everyone. The only things that are for everyone are the music of Frank Ocean and pictures of the young Keanu Reeves. He's such a treasure. And you might be thinking, oh, he looks a bit stupid. No, he doesn't want you to feel insecure about your intelligence. He's a generous, kind man. They all came and, they, and it was varying levels of just being patronised or having people shout at you to, you know, full-on death threats, rape threats, uh, photographs of murder victims, etc., 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 right? And, like, it's very full-on. Um, but... Also, like, none of them had seen my video. And I know that, because I've seen my video's view count. <laughs> I'd love it if they'd seen the video! But no, they hadn't. They'd just seen this attack video, and they came to attack me. And it's really, really full-on. It's too much. It's disproportionate. And I don't really know how to deal with that. It shouldn't be that if you are a woman, or if you're literally anyone other than the white heterosexual male standard if you say something that is in any way deemed controversial or unfit, you have tens of thousands of people abusing you to that extent, right? And I've noticed that when this person is picked on men, the responses, although still rude and patronising, are very different in, terms of, different in terms of the violence and the abuse, right? And, like, it's so uh, much to receive. Like, I worry that it kind of diminishes you like it makes you think like do I have a right to speak do I have a right to create it's, it's scary and, it, and it's not even just response to that one thing like it goes on forever they're aware of you they pile on you that's that like and it's not just that like anywhere you've been online these people find you to abuse you it's like on my Instagram I've got a picture of a dog I like and underneath it's like fuck you you fucking racist ah. I'm like guys it's a good boy <laughs> Good boy, doesn't deserve this. <laughs> like on Instagram, um, on YouTube, I got a video of me talking about how much I love astronomy. And the comments underneath it are like, this cunt is racist against white men, which I don't actually think is a thing. <laughs> against white, white, 
this cunt is racist against white men and if she loves Sharia law so much, she should be beheaded. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot going on in that sentence, but the main takeaway is that that review is not relevant to the content above it. Nobody will find that review helpful. And that's the thing as well. Like people go, oh, don't feed the trolls. It's just it's not trolls. It's people. It's normal people who've been kind of conned by these internet assholes and who are so angry and frightened and ready to pounce that like a coiled spring, when someone tells them via an attack video to attack, they're willing to go to that level of violence online and then on the streets. And that scares me, you know? It's just normal people. It's not no, it's not like monsters. Like the person who put that comment under my YouTube, I click on it. And it's a real guy's YouTube profile. It's like a normal guy in his 50s. And he's got two videos up of him walking his dog in Epping Forest. And they're cute. <laughs> Just him being like, hello again. Welcome to John and Missy's Walks. Today, we'll be going to Epping Forest on another walk. Oh, she's heard the word. <laughs> she knows the word. I say, to, I say to my wife, I say, Claire, we'll be taking uh, Mitzi on a W-A-L-K. And she says, you want to watch out how you spell that? Have <laughs> <laughs> the RSPCA on too. <laughs> so, Mitzi, do you want to get your lead? She's off. So we're going to be walking for... Oh, she's back. We're going to be walking through Epping Forest. See you later on today. It's been a great walk. Mitzi's having a good time. She's tired out. So we'll get a cup of tea and then we'll be calling it a day, I think. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching the video. We've had a great walk. She's half asleep. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe to my channel. <laughs> it's cute. There's no one slagging that off. No comments under that. Well, there's one that says, this cunt dog deserves to be murdered. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. I know where you walk your dog. And I don't have a day job. And I'm patient. So that's the thing, like, I obviously didn't do that because I'm not going to threaten people online. It's wrong. Like, it's bad and wrong. And I wish that I had a better solution to it. Like, especially after uh, t yesterday with Donald Trump literally sharing Jada Franson from Britain First, who is so toxic, she's literally just been prosecuted for hate crimes. Like, it feels serious and real. Like, I wish that I had a better solution than, like, internet, uh, social media and like YouTube should not give platforms to these people. But um, to be fair that is me, even me just saying that is more than YouTube and Twitter are prepared to do. So in some ways I'm a real ch champion hero um, <laughs> in that respect. But anyway, I thought it might be interesting to talk about. I wouldn't want any men in the audience to feel individually threatened by it but I feel like it's definitely something that's going on in our society that's not being addressed and it makes me sad and I think it's linked into something but I'm not an expert, so I'll leave you with more questions than answers. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think we should now, we'll do the third part of the talk uh, today, which I think should be a little bit more lighthearted than that. Where we're, um, Me and Geoff today have been like showing each other different photographs, so we we're going to have a photograph exchange with each other. Um, so if you want to... Geoff. Yeah, 
we were going to use this as a visualizer to control, but it, we haven't got the right lead. So, but we kept it like a, like a little robot. It's quite cute. <laughs> <laughs> we need a face for it. Oh, oh, did we use this? Oh, do you want me to do it? Oh. oh. Yeah, can you do the... Oh. Uh, do, yeah, no, I can just stand it. it. It's a bit you weird, can do it if you want. I like it, though. It's kind of like a bit, a bit priesty. <laughs> Sorry. Is that bad? What, saying it's priesty? That's not the right word, is it? No, it's nice. Oh, oh. oh we realised that we're both really big fans of photographs of dogs. <laughs> um, this, this guy. What, also, what Joffa's got is a lot of dog annuals from, like, very posh breeders and stuff like that. Have you got them with you to show oh, what, us? the book? Them? Yeah. It was a bit small because we, oh, yeah, we ain't got the robot. <laughs> what can we call this? Uh... <laughs> It should have a name like Len. Yeah, Len. Len's good. Yeah. It sounds like a, it's like L E N, like a it means exactly like be electronic, like... electronic <laughs> character. Exactly. Electronic. Yes. Yeah, and the sorry. film would be called Len, and you'd be like, "Why is it called Len?" And then halfway through, they'd say, "Its name is electronic, <laughs> electronic device." <laughs> and then people would be like, "Len." <laughs> this this That's is big, a, right? Yeah, but also like. How have they snapped this moment? Like, presumably the veterinary nurse has seen the dog already. <laughs> but, like, maybe when she first saw the dog, she was like, that's not that big. <laughs> and then when she picked it up, she was like, it actually is quite big. Yeah, because it's weight as well. Oh, the weight, yeah, she thought. Exactly. It's probably all muscle. <laughs> that, that dog is ill. Where's the right hand? Oh, God. Oh, sorry, that's like, that was like a dad joke, right? Yeah. Can I drink um, this water? Yeah, it's for you. I pulled oh, it. It's like Parkinson. <laughs> um, should we go to the next slide? Oh, yeah. Shit. Do you want to do the doofer? Yeah, all right. Have a go at the stretches. Which, one are we, which way is forward? Oh, I'm pointing the Oh, yeah. Ah. That's my mum. A which show, one? That's showbiz in the past. What's the next one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not my mum. When you showed this before, you just went, that's masculinity, isn't it? I'm not a deep thinking like you, man. I'm shallow. But it is a kind of masculine. It's quite deep. Yeah. Also, I feel like all of them are interpreting the event in different ways. Like, the guy on the left is going to go back to his girlfriend and be like, you know the, those guys. <laughs> or it's like the two middle guys are going to be like, it was an amazing time. <laughs> and then the guy second from right, his boyfriend will be like, did you tell them yet? And he'll be like, no. <laughs> you know that woman, that man that... Uh, yeah, do you know who? Do you remember Sarah Green? Yeah. Do you remember Sarah Green's husband? No. Mike Smith. Oh yeah. Is that him on the right? <laughs> nah, too American. Oh yeah, it's too too tanned. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Process that one. This woman, I presume, <laughs> is a fan of Shane Ritchie. <laughs> she likes voxels. <laughs> oh, that'd be harsh if she was like, I got it second hand. I actually don't like him. <laughs> I'm not a fan of his, but, you know, it was cheap. Or like, oh, I didn't realise it was Shane Ritchie. Um, he's I don't, I don't. some evil I'll dogs. You took it? Yeah. Whose dogs are they? Oh, it's a woman who's a barber. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A4. In fuzzy felt. Phil Lucas. 
£7.50, very reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that I think is, it's attitudinal. And it's useful to think of, not the best, but still good. Um, A friend of mine, while she was giving birth, her husband kept saying, this is going really well. And she said at the time she wanted to punch him. But in retrospect, it was the best thing he could have said. And I suddenly realised that it's so rare in my life that during something I'll go, this is going really well. Can I say it? Yeah. I don't think I can. <laughs> but I recommend, you know, go for a walk. This walk's going really well. Just a real boost. Oh, oh yeah. you know what that is? That's, uh, the, that's the internet. That was made in Art Club 2017. That's what it looks like. And I feel it, you know, we were both talking, uh, because Joff doesn't have a mobile phone, and I was like, you're free. You're a free man. I've got one in my car. Yeah, like a nan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got an emergency Red Cross on it. Emma put it on there. But it's, it's nice. Um, it's really nice. But we were talking about, like, not really liking the internet, and it's funny because I do feel like, especially for me personally, recently, I found it hard to see the internet as a force for good and, and not a force for bad. So for it to look like some sort of toxic waste volcano, I'm into it. Well, that's the cover I made for my computer because I go on the internet, but I don't necessarily think I should. So I got that to remind me. That's my shroud. I need to put a hem on it because it's got a raggedy edge. See, If anyone... My friend Sue, she might be able to... She could hem it. Can you fix up a hem for me, Sue, or for for my shroud? Anyway, moving on, sorry. Oh, Oh, yeah. This is very funny. Yeah, this is a winner. (laughs) Really empowering those women there. Who's your favourite? My best name of those is Sal Paolantino. You say that, I can't say it. Richard P. Miller has got almost like an invisible moustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it could just be shading. Yeah, I know. It's hard to decipher that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> books that have been made into films. But also a lot of those things aren't even books. I want to see the film with that, yeah, with that cross-stitch. <laughs> cross-stitch the movie. It's like the Emoticon movie. The Emoticon movie, whoever red-lit that, if you're in tonight, I'm really not impressed. <laughs> Look, Tim, Timpsons, isn't that like a heel bar? Yeah, they do keys. Timpsons Country what? The film's coming out next year. <laughs> Timpsons, I'd watch Timpsons the movie. Timpsons the oh, movie. You told me this key would work, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this oh. is mine. Let's go. Uh, uh, last year I was very depressed about Brexit, you know, as I presume we all are, but um, I, uh, and if you're not, why not? Tell me one good thing. But anyway, um, I, uh, I've made myself a Brexit Pinterest mood board. <laughs> and this was one of them. This woman interests me so much. I think so much about her, like, what kind of person is she? Who does she love? What does she do for work? What the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> All these questions. She's, is she really happy or not? Like, I feel like we need to zoom right in on the face, which we can't, but I just want to know. I want to zoom in on the other arm. See, what, see what's on there. <laughs> there's see something what, on there. See what that tattoo is. Oh, right? it'd be great if there's one on the other side that said, not really. <laughs> Talking of not really, that's meant to be Nigel Farage, but oh, you know, yeah. not really, man. 
You said it looked like the guy off the Kenko advert. Gold Blend, man. Gold Anthony Blend. Head. I thought it was Anthony, Anthony Head. Anthony Head. Yeah, Buffy. Um, this is something I saw. It's a screen grab from a, a documentary I was watching about the Battle of Cable Street. And obviously you've got Hitler on one side, but the one next to him does look a bit Trumpy, right? Like, it's a little eerie. And I feel like there must have been one at the time, but you've got Mussolini and you've got um, Oswald Mosley. Who's that guy? Who is that guy? Um, oh, this is the sort of thing that I get quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I heard what you said about being more frightened of right-wing extremists. Yeah. Decline. I, in the end, I did decline that one. <laughs> uh, can't think why. Oh, <laughs> this is just a bit of fun. <laughs> I saw this photo and it just really felt like that. <laughs> They're so proud of you. What I've been doing recently is I've been writing um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn fan fiction for millennials. <laughs> Because, you know, it's been hard for me personally to sort of fly the flag for socialism in the last few years, you know, before the election. And it's just been really great to know that young people share my politics because I've thought, like, finally, I'm going to make some money out of this. <laughs> what happens in the fan fiction? Uh, Jeremy Corbyn takes you fishing yeah. and you go on the train and the minute he steps on the train, the train is nationalised. <laughs> and when he takes you fishing, he gives you a fishing rod and the fishing rod is red. And... <laughs> He's like, you have to wait, comrade. How long for? 30 years. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all that kind of thing. I know someone who, who uh, they, they did meet Jeremy Corbyn on a train and he was drinking wine from a plastic cup. And then he said, would you like some wine? Aww. That's kind of like a real life hand picture. Everyone's story about Jeremy Corbyn is basically like, I met him and he gave me some chutney. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I met him and he barged me out of the way to get to the money. <laughs> um, oh, this is the Arts Emergency Manifesto that we were going to read. Um, but we might not do it now because it's a bit long and we're running out of time. But the thing that we said at the bottom is optimism is a weapon. And if all else fails, it'd be silly. And I think it's quite a good plan. Like, it's, not one, it's more aspirational because sometimes it's very difficult. But I think it is good uh, to think about that. Um, oh, this is a dog oh, wearing a whoa. jumper. <laughs> it's a woman, she had two dogs, and they're both basically wearing tailored pyjamas. What's that called, that gunman? I don't know. <laughs> Anyone? Wednesday. <laughs> but did dogs' garments have their own names? Like a dog cowl? Dogsy, yeah. That's cute. Oh, this is funny... <laughs> The, the slogan to this is, finish him, child queen. <laughs> um, I think... Oh! oh he no, doesn't know how to use a phone, he's a dog. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Oh, this is... I asked people to come up with a motto for Brexit Britain. <laughs> oh, this is... <laughs> These are two photos, and what they describe is what I think about Jeremy Corbyn versus what Labour moderates think about Jeremy Corbyn. That's what I think, and that's what they think. But that's a picture of my real-life niece, and she hates Santa so much. She's like, please! <laughs> oh, I just thought that was funny. That was me on stage looking like a dinosaur. Do you know who I was? Do you know I thought that was for one split second? 
Who? Don't be offended. Oh no. Who? Ed Sheeran. For just for a second. <laughs> I, only because I saw only because I saw like the stadium environment. It was just just. It's actually. Such a Christian festival. Oh, holy cats, I'm so sorry. No, it was lovely. Sorry. I mean, I know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about this. Can I just say as well, I feel really mean doing a bit about Ed Sheeran because I genuinely think he seems like such a nice man and it's so hilarious that someone that improbable is so successful. Like all the time, like, ah, he's, he's so alone, that stadium. Though. He's so alone. Is he though? No? When he does his songs, it's just... Just him? Him and his tapes, yeah. Yeah, but that's not long. That's him thinking, yeah, I'll Rick. get all the glory and then I'll get off stage and hang out with my friends. <laughs> he just seems so alone. That's the, I mean, that's good. That's a strength, I guess. I guess. So he's strong. I've heard his music, though. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all fair. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. This is just something I thought I was found... My, when I was a teenager, when I was quite old, like I was 18 then, when I was a teenager, <laughs> my mum used to make me these... Um, Things she used to invent quangos. Um, so cool. So this is the NBTCA is the National Bedroom Tidying Standards Association. And so, as you can see, like at the time I achieved the gold tidiness standard, um, the president of the National Bedroom Tidying Standards Association. Then I got best bedroom in teen category, which again is a step down. Real sad. Um, investors in tidiness. But then I got right up for the Millennium Tidiness Project. I really was doing well. But it's just something so sweet and it sort of reminds me about like imagination in everyday life and how much fun that can be. I would like to meet your mum. Well, she's hard work. <laughs> What's her name? Her name's Jenny. She's lovely. She's all right. She'd do something like that. She loves making stuff. She'd knock you off one of them, £7.50. <laughs> but one of them's going to be a tractor. <laughs> oh, oh these, my what? This one person keeps sending me photos of her with her boyfriends. Is I don't know boy- her. Is that Fabio? Ha! I wish. No, she's just two different boyfriends in a year, and I guess she was pleased, so she just sent it to anyone she could think of. Oh, is this was for yours? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> this is not ours. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to end. <laughs> Love from Granny Russell. Granny Russell, of course, in 2014. Granny Russell... Wrote to Miriam. This is not ours. <laughs> um, well, what we could do is we've got about um, we've got about five minutes left. We could open it up if anyone had any questions for Joff or for me or for both of us. We'd love to answer them, uh, unless they're rude. We should have said that at the start. Any I questions? Mean, we should. If anyone's got one, but don't feel pressurised. Ben's got one. I, I haven't got one. I just thought I could roam. But if anyone had one, but it's totally fine if you, you didn't. No one's got. <laughs> Has anyone got a question for the robot, Len? No. Oh, well, we could this is Len's urine. <laughs> Sorry, <that> face. <laughs> was that fun. like blue for the dads? <laughs> that was a bit blue for the dads. I'd like the dads to know we've really thought about making sure you did get a bit of blue tonight. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's here, he bought the drum kit that is, that is stored behind the Arnold Feeney reception area. Do you know, if I'd have known your dad was coming, I'd have got my mum to come up from Kent and we could have sat him in like a royal box. <laughs> <laughs> is that... Oh, he just Where is did, my dad? Oh, he's hiding. I think he's there, he just did a little queenly wave. <laughs> he's got a royal countenance. I'm taking us back through now. Oh, you remember, do you remember when we were talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> Not the best, but still good. <laughs> oh... 
my friend Lucy took a photograph of uh, some graffiti someone said uh, pretty quite good but not one of my best that was a bit like that ah. and then I, I took a picture of someone uh, they, they had written their tag and then underneath it had written in brackets just tag him <laughs> that would be my tag just tag it don't worry guys just the tag because this is the home of street art <laughs> is it do you find do you <laughs> and then Glenn's like does not compute <laughs> Len override. Bye, Len. <laughs> High five, Len. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I liked it when you put the glasses on it. Oh, they don't, they won't sit. This is sad. Sorry, Len. We're <laughs> creative professionals. Absolute trailblazers within our industry. I, I feel I'm like worried about your train. <laughs> oh, I, I, um, I have to go back to London this evening, and I've been a bit ill, so I've got a very specific train that I need to be on when we're over. So I'm going to seem, in about five minutes, very rude. So what's going to happen is I'm going to stand up and be like, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, I've had a wonderful time, which is true. And then I'm just going to walk straight out. And everyone asks me, has Josie gone? Like, yeah, and you'll be like, yeah, she shows contempt for you, not like me. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I had such a pleasure reading your books. I feel like I should be like, I I had such a pleasure reading your books. Let's talk about it. But I feel like neither of us are like naturals to the Q and A game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're not naturals to the Q and A game. I'm used to the Q. I'm I'm a na- I like the Q. You like the Q? Yeah. So you can do the Q. Yeah. Like, what did you have for your tea? Oh, nice. No, haven't you eaten? Oh, jeez, lightheaded. Oh, I was. I, what was really interesting was falafel. earlier seeing. I did have falafel. Thanks, guys. What was really interesting was like seeing little bits into your sketchbooks and also seeing how much research you did for the character, like in terms of like mood boards of old men <laughs> and, and things like that. And that like really intrigued me. And especially with like the woman who is not in it very much, and yet yeah. that much research went into it. Thanks, man. Like, do you, do you feel like with lots of those things, you just get really, really immersed in the research side for a while before you go ahead? Mm, yeah, you know, it's like... It just gives you, uh, you know... Classic Q&A. <laughs> I told you I was going to the cues. Josie, yeah. where'd you get your ideas from? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh, I could ask you... Right, I'll tell you the worst questions I ever get asked. Right, number one. Where do you get your ideas from? Like, what do you Number mean? one. My life. Everything in my life. I don't know what they mean. Like, I'll be like, there's one haunted dog. <laughs> and I visit it once a year. <laughs> and it tells me three questions. <laughs> and I answer the questions. And the dog reveals my subjects. And then the other one is always anything that's like, as a woman, you're a woman. Who <laughs> do you find being a woman? Like, every time... And um, I devised, I made, I used to make a Vine video uh, to counteract it, which was like, what's it like being a woman in comedy? Here's my definitive answer. And the video was just me going, <laughs> which I stand by. <laughs> oh, people always want to go, tell me about your worst ever gig. <laughs> really harsh. Like, tell me something traumatic that's not going to be nice. And then people go like, what do you do if you get heckled? I'm like, I try and deal with it in the moment. (laughs) 
What do you always get asked? Do you always get asked the same thing? I ask, what, yeah, like, what's it like being a woman in comedy? I... You get asked that every time. <laughs> every and you're time. like, this is inappropriate. Uh, or do you give, a, are you like the men's seminar? You're like, I'll tell you what I think it is like. <laughs> but imagine myself. No. Uh, the, no, I, when I played in my band and I played the drums with yeah. my arm, people always say, they'd never say like, oh, you were terrible, you were good. They'd say, does it hurt? And I'd say, no. <laughs> are you not inclined to say, it really hurts? <laughs> Every time. And yet I do it for the love of music. That's, I think I would be inclined to lie. Like, I will from now on. Yeah, yeah. People, I feel like I don't lie enough in interviews. Like, if every time I got an interview, they said, where are you from? And I said, like, Spain. <laughs> um, guys, I have to go, like I said a minute ago. But I wanted to say what a treat it's been to get to come to this gallery and also see the Grayson Perry because I think he's got such a wonderful understanding of, like, what living in this country is like now like, and he's so funny with it like he's so good at sort of summarizing a trope or a person or something like that so much and, and quickly and well and I feel like that's very important and um, I just want to say it's such a great crowd and thanks very much for having me and um, it's been such a pleasure to like get to meet you and um, like read your work and all of that exciting stuff as well um, so I'm going to leave and then you could do like an <laughs> epilogue <No. and> then, <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen please Jeff Winterheart and thanks so much to Ben as well and see you guys later. Ben thank you Josie Thank you so much, Josie, for coming down. Um, thanks for coming. Um, thanks again to Joff. Uh, please join us in the bar. I think Joff's going to sign some books in the bar. Sure. He's shaking his head at me. He's going to. Um, so, yeah, thank you. thanks again for coming. See you in the bar.